Bullfrog fans, welcome to Post Game Beers Podcast. We are the Lupton Drinking Club, ready to talk about the weekend. Uh, I'm your host, Kamaloy at LMK, joined by my co-host Jacob Sailors at JD Sailors on Twitter. Uh, Jacob, best part of your weekend was... Uh, you know, I'm going to say the barbecue. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like you were setting me up for that, right? I, I was hoping <laughs> you'd go that way because we're you know on the same page. But yeah, <laughs> who was the official host? Like, who do we need to give the most credit to? Is that Leonard and his group or is that? I think they facilitated the spot and then different parents chipped in food. Uh, I know Mike it's Brown. Jeff Mike the- or not not Mike Brown, but what, yeah, what's the name? Chef Seven. Mike was the one on the grill, right? Uh, I think a big party uh part of the host was silva's dad michael i know mike brown as i was just saying he brought a delicious smoked bologna that's probably the best boy you know what i've ever had they said yeah we got smoked bologna over there and i'm like all right yeah okay cool but then as time went on everybody (laughs) was like you gotta try the smoked bologna it's it's going (laughs) fast it's a, and I'm like, okay, I'll try the smoke bologna. And I, I hedged a little. I put some brisket on top of it, made me a little taco. Oh. And put some pickles on there. And you know what? It was really good. It was, I could kind of taste the bologna taste still, of course, <laughs> which I'm not a huge bologna guy, but it was, yeah, it was delicious. It's about the best you can do with bologna. That's for sure. It was awesome. We've got Crazy Way Cartwright joining us tonight, our producer, the Sultan of Stat, Martin Guerrero, and... Garrett Evans, the meme god himself. Uh, fellas, you guys were there at the, at the barbecue as well. What would what, y'all talk about? Man, I, I, I had so much fun just talking and talk to parents. It's, I mean, golly, that's, it was really cool to kind of, these kind of, these folks who interact with us a lot on, on Twitter and then get to get a chance to sit down and have a beer and shoot the shit. And that was, that was great. I, I had an awesome time speaking I was trying to, to you guys convince- probably as well. I was trying to convince Mrs. Brown that she can listen to the podcast still. She said she's afraid to listen because of what I'm saying about Cam. I said, we're not that mean to him. Like, we're no. honest. But that was, so that was the first thing she said to me when I met her. Yeah. Uh, the first thing out of her mouth was, you know, when Cam does bad, I don't listen to anything you guys talk about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, in our group text, we talk about that. Like when we're talking about numbers or whatever, it's like, well, man, when they're losing, like, I don't like listening to stuff when my team's losing. So, but yeah, no, I, don't blame them. Yeah, it's nature of the beast, you know. To get oh. to uh, celebrate Max Duggan being drafted while that's we right, were, that was fun. <laughs> that happened yes, while we were there. We're, we're all Charger fans now. Bolts up, the, uh, baby. What, what was the chant? What, were you saying bolts, bolts, or what were, what were you yelling? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. I think we were uh, <laughs> chanting the bolts. Yeah, that sounds right. And MK was squeaming. He was, uh, he felt squirmish. Squeamish. Dude, MK is in shambles. Chiefs are over. They're canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. If Max Duggan and Q take down the Chiefs, I'm gonna bow. I'm gonna bow to them. <laughs> I'll be. I'll be very happy about that. They are. My, they are now my second favorite team. I don't care if they're in the same division. <laughs> and I, I think just I, remembered I think... that they have Kellen Moore leading that offense now too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's Dude, and they can they can flip Herbert for like a couple firsts, and we can really build this thing. <laughs> yeah, dude. I got a fourth place Chiefs. Oh. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> I got to I got to shout out the mini horse too. He had his first TCU tailgate and his first TCU baseball game all yeah. in one fail swoop. 
Oh, Dude, the that, pony is it, growing up. That guy I'm was really, chugging beers. I mean, milk all night. Seriously, I, I'm really <laughs> impressed. Impressed, Garrett, how you and your wife are still like, you know, not skipping a beat with coming to games and stuff. It's almost like you're like, we're not going to be those parents. We're, we're still going to do, you know, the things we do. <laughs> is, is oh, those? man. Yeah, we we were all about it. He had his like one month uh, appointment and we're like, so is he uh, is he good now? Like, can we? Can we go places? Yeah, is he yeah. eligible? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a fish. He's a, he's not sunscreen eligible yet, so we're still sitting in the shade. Uh, but he can wear his headphones, so we're we're crossing we're crossing that bridge when we get there. Yeah, and you know while we're on the topic, I was I was giving this some thought after the game uh, yesterday, which would have been the Sunday game, game two. Um, if baseball on the field isn't going to be fun, then we need to finish out the rest of this season making this like fun off the field. So I was going to throw out there, like forever's listening. You know, I know we got um, we have a home series coming up this weekend. If we want to put together another barbecue, if anybody has interest in that, or when we go on the road to K State, if anybody's interested in doing a bar meetup, you know, hit us up and we'll plan something. If there's enough. Is it, if there's enough interest, then we'll put something together because, man, I just don't have a lot of confidence that baseball itself is going to provide the fun right now. So we need to make our own fun for the rest of the season. Dude, it was plenty fun today. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah. I don't know. Today was sure. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we ready to talk? Yeah. Right. Why not? So on the week, the Frogs went two and two. Um, we can we can get Good. into the specifics of each game. Technically, uh, they went one and two. They're one and zero oh this week. <laughs> I'm gonna if I want to hit the e break on the podcast right now, I'll just give you a technicality well, that doesn't matter. Technically, I guess yeah. you're right. All right, so they beat DBU in Dallas, which that was a no, good win in no, Fort Worth. Oh, in no. Fort Worth, that was a good win still. Um, and then they hosted Texas. Uh, you know, everyone listening to the pod knows what happened. Game one. Um, not a great, not a great game on Saturday. Lost eight to four. Kind of put a damper on the start of the weekend. But hang on, are we going to breeze past DBU? That's number nineteen in the country, dog. I'm just talking about Dude. the big picture. We're going to go back. All into right, specifics, all right, all right. Sunday game two, low scoring affair. Lost the game three to two. Uh, should have taken that, and we'll talk. We'll get into more about that. Um, they do come back today on Monday, which is the game three, and um, just kind of destroy the Longhorns 15 to seven uh, bats came out to play and it was a lot of fun. So a good way to end the weekend helps, you know, with kind of the, the bitter taste in your mouth, two and two on the week. I know whatever technicality, uh, you know, all in all that sounds okay, but it, it would have been helpful to win a, a, a big 12 series. Yeah, I mean, for yeah, sure. They, they needed it. <clears throat> they didn't get it. Definitely. But I will needed say it, cut, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot this weekend. And so that's, that's in a what positive. way. Um, usually we've either the pitching has been really bad where we, I think he's just talking mental. about like poorly played. They didn't play. Poor. Yeah. They didn't play poor this weekend. Okay. Yeah. I, for the most part, I agree. All right. So back to DBU. That was last week, Tuesday. Um, I don't know. What do you guys want to mention? You know, we had obviously a couple guys come in. Carson Bowen's grand slam was just the, uh, the huge highlight of the game. Yeah. Um, going up, you know, eight, what was it eight to five at that point? Um, that was DBU's first loss in 15 games. I mean, I, I, I know, you know, like I said, it was a good team. 
You know um, that Carson Bowen <laughs> that was on an impossible pitch yeah. to hit yeah. a home run down trailing away to be able to get extension enough to poke that over the fence. That was incredible. Yeah, a, a lesser man just fouls that off down the first base, <laughs> you know, first base line. But... That's right. Braden Taylor hit his 39th home run. Martin, where are we at with uh Braden Taylor watch? Uh tied for what was it third? Yeah, tied for third. How many more does he need? Um, five. Five to tie for first. Oh. Uh, Doable. He, need, he needs one more to tie for second. Okay. Doable, right? I mean, yeah. Rio Grande Valley and then three games against Baylor. And they, and, and that, it doesn't matter. Postseason, Big 12 Conference, you know, none of that stuff. I mean, that's, that's all included, right? right? Okay. Yes. All right. So you're saying we're going to make the Big 12 tournament? <laughs> Top eight, right? <laughs> yeah. Be, okay. out of, top yeah. eight out of nine. So, so, so beat Baylor. So beat Baylor. They should be all right. We'll see. Oh, that's, that's not a, the, that's not a showdown in Fort Worth to, to make the <laughs> turn. If it comes down to that, oh, we, hey, we got we got to do something for that series. Who would have thought that 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 series would have so much significance going? Well, and yeah, season. and I was I was telling you guys, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. what do we do about post game picks if like we make if we're like the eight seed and one of us is rolling in there in a clown suit? <laughs> it's gonna look like we're clowning the team, <laughs> not each other. All right, so it's a uh, nine a.m. game too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god, dude! Imagine that five thirty oh, no. alarm. You got hair and makeup at six a.m. <laughs> You're just. Sad putting on your face paint. That literally is that clown. <laughs> it's meme. that meme coming to life. Yeah. <laughs> we need to video the entire thing so we got some content. All right. So oh, that's happening. D- yeah. Yep. Who, that's that's another thing. It, whoever does finish last, MK, somebody has to got, get good video footage of the whole process. Someone can come over as uh, maybe I can teach Zoe to film for me. <laughs> It's a good puppy well, dog on it. Who's gonna do your makeup? Yeah, yeah, you need you need a girl to do your makeup, right? Have to be. A, it's twenty twenty three, man. <laughs> Guys can do makeup. Yeah, somebody okay. like a professional. That's what we need. If 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 it's Ray, a, <laughs> video has to be hard knock style with the little time stamp in the in the top corner. <laughs> Five thirty a.m. May, yeah, maybe do the hard uh, the hard knocks theme underneath the video. <laughs> All right, back to DBU for a second. Ryan yeah. Vanderhigh took over um, to pitch in the eighth. Uh, there were a couple there were a couple guys in scoring position. He struck out the next two batters, then held them to zero runs in the ninth inning. Uh, and I just want to talk about him quickly because uh, something we mentioned on I guess this was a week ago. Uh, Ray, you mentioned that. There was something going on with an illegal pitching situation. Yeah, um, his and, I, and I, I, I wanted to bring that up again because talking to his dad Rob at the at the tailgate, he showed me a video. Uh, this was the CBUA Collegiate Baseball Umpires Allegiance. All right, they have they put out a training video last week showing illegal pitches and illegal windups. And if you scroll to like the four minute mark. They just have Vander High on blast. Oh man. And and they're they're watching him pitch and and you can see it's a it's a um it's a warm-up for one of the TCU games. I'm not sure what series it was because it, it was a while ago, but you see the umpire going up to him pre-game, telling him basically, 
you can't do that. And and what it, what he was referring to is when Vander High used to pitch, he would um, he would tap his front foot before he went mm. backwards. Yeah, and that would that's an illegal move. So he's been working since then to really figure that out. And I don't know if you noticed, but the the DBU game was the first time that he wasn't staring down at his feet all the time trying to figure out how do I how do I learn how to pitch again? I'm a I'm in college, you know. So he, he's done dad's like he's done the same move for 20 years. It's really hard to get out of that routine, but I feel better I guess about that. The fact that there was something it wasn't that he was uh, he, he couldn't, he wasn't pitching well. He, he had to change his, his whole, war, you know, wind up. So See, that's so weird to me. Not that I'm like some kind of rules expert, but everything I've known about pitching is you can pretty much do whatever you want. As long as you're consistent with it, pitch in and pitch. Out. Like I see some wild crap in like major leagues with deliveries. <laughs> Who's the Yankees starter? Yeah. Like Nestor Cortez, or is he the one that like like will put his leg in the air and dance around for thirty yeah, seconds, like spin and, like, and gyrate? Like how the like hell is that legal towards and... the plate? We had one pitcher we played against this year. I can't remember who he was, but you remember he was like practically throwing his whole body at home plate, and his hat kept flying off. Oh, yeah, yeah Abling Christian guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so hilarious. Weird. So maybe we need to ask Perk about this, but if you're doing it every time, how can you say like, oh, this, this is where we draw the line. This is illegal. And you know, what's funny is you would have different umpiring crews tell them different things. Correct. Like some umpires Mm -hmm. would point it out and be like, hey, that's illegal. But then you have other crews. They're like, I see nothing but good things. Yeah. Yeah, it does make you know. feel a lot better, though, kind of knowing the backstory of why things were going the way they were for it. It's like, dude, you like you got thrown in this really, really weird situation where you're, they're using you and what is essentially a training video. You know, it's yeah. like, well, gosh, no wonder you were you're struggling, brother. That's that's not on you at all. So it's super encouraging to see him throwing well the other day, just in spite of all that. For sure. Just thought it was really interesting, um, and maybe that that that'll pay dividends if he figures it out for the rest of the the season. But I don't know. It, that, so, it's also just frustrating because I'm like, we wasted half a season. Yeah, I'm trying to figure and, this out. So yeah. and just so I didn't watch the DBU game. I was at the Stars game that night. But I guess my thought, my takeaway from that game is, it it reminds you of who this team can be. You know, like that they're they're not just a team that's automatically going to lose every game, even though it, it felt that way going into it there's still a team that's capable of taking care of business against a top 20 team in the country that was on a 15 game win streak like they have that in their bag you know it's just trying to hold on to any kind of glimmer or hope it's nobody thought they were going to win that game and by nobody i mean our own fans right like if if the five of us Mm -hmm. were having to pick that game we're probably picking dbu right correct Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially coming out of Mor- yeah, what you saw sure. in Morgantown, yeah. and then DBU's chip was just hot as all as all get out. See, like this would be a lot easier if we just knew they sucked. They don't <laughs> suck, you know. That's and then the we truth. could just say it is what it is. Like this is who they are. But how many times this year have we said maybe this is a turning point? And I felt like we had that same conversation after right. DBU, uh, right? you know, rolling into Texas, I thought the team was feeling good and maybe they were right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, felt, this, the series against good. Texas, the series against Texas was played on the margins, you know, mm-hmm. 
Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. were there for the taking. Yeah, I, uh, I know that Saturday, no, no one wanted, you know, the rain out on Friday night, but bumping that game to Monday, what it allowed them to do was start Klecker against, um, what's his, what was his name? Lucas? Gordon? Well, they're always going to start Klecker against like, Were they going to start? Yeah, already? that's what happened. Yeah. On, it was, it was always going to be Klecker on, on Saturday. Friday. Yeah. Game one was yeah. Klecker Gordon. Really hoping that was going to be a, an awesome matchup throughout. Uh, Klecker left a few balls up and that wind was blowing out like Dude. a beer. Um, and, and they just, they took advantage of it. What do they have five home runs in the game on Saturday? Yeah. yeah it's a lot easier to do when you can take strike three and the umpire says, you know what, man, let's give you a redo. Let's see what yeah, happens next time. And then you All can right. put a bad yeah. swing For on real. the ball. He, it seems like yeah. he was getting squeezed there several times. And yeah, I, totally. I, I did not want to put that on. I did not want to put that on Clacker at all. I mean, so you, I, you, I wasn't, I wasn't there on Saturday, a little bit, but I wasn't there on Saturday, but I imagine the crowd was, was giving him the business for that. Oh, we were still booing at the umpire when the next pitch was going over the fence. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Dude, it was, <laughs> I mentioned you know, this to, I mentioned this to Martin today, but I was, I was catching up, you know, with a few plays before we had plans that night, uh, you know, so I'm watching online. And I, I can't remember if it was the second or third home run. The Texas batter, he he hit the he hit the ball in the air, and it looked like a pop up right from the TV. His face went down like, oh man, a pop up, and he yeah. slammed his bat on the ground. Dude, he just seriously just flinged his hands at it. Yeah, just look, yeah. and then it went over the fence. His wrist. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Little, a, 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 just a tiny flick of the wrist, dude. I told and, Martin that looked like um, whenever you ever see those uh, videos where the dude's bunting. And then they'll cut in the video of a home run uh, on top of it. Yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. No, I'm thinking of the one where they have the grandma throw out the first pitch and then it's just some guy smashing. (laughs) (laughs) It was was a very weird game. They're just like hitting balls off off the end of the bat. And you can hear the bat like, you know, give that thunk where they hit it off the end. And, you know, you're just thinking like, oh, that's an out. You know, we're out of the inning. And then it just scrapes the top of the wall and it goes out. Yeah, and there, was a, there was another ball where uh, when Cole Fontenelle was in left field, um, I think he brought it back in. So that would have been another wall scraper. Well, yeah, game, you know, we were looking at the flags thinking, man, this could really help us, you know, because I think we're the team more, you know, um, I guess more prepared to take advantage of that. Like, but it was Texas that got the advantage with the win, not us. Klecker didn't get through the third inning. He gave up six runs on eight hits, all of them earned. Chase Hoover came in, settled things down a little bit. Um, then we saw a bunch of arms after that. Uh, Abelt, River Ridens, Hunter Hodges, and Mason Speaker. Um, Dude, that Carson trio Bowen of and, yeah. uh, Hoover to River to uh, Abelt, man, they really – settled the game down and kind of really shut down that Texas offense gives it gave TCU a chance to uh, yeah try to come back now it's it's hard Lucas Gordon is good yeah he's really yeah. good yeah I thought we did you know relatively okay against so we didn't strike out a lot I mean he only walked one so he had great command you know we we got four runs off of him which obviously wasn't enough but it's just we just got beat in that game I think I was I was a little surprised that Carson Bowen was the only guy that could pop up a home run in that game for us. You know, I was yeah, kind of yeah. surprised that, you know, nobody else was really getting the ball in the air. We're just like striking out or hitting ground balls or 
just balled right at guys. I was equally frustrated for for that on the next day on Sunday because there were two balls that basically hit the warning track. And I'm yeah, thinking, okay, so you know, these would have been the, gone. The um, Go Frogs stats, they actually give breakdowns on flyouts and groundouts. So Gordon had nine groundouts, five strikeouts, but he had 10 flyouts. 10. Yeah, that's crazy. 10. And not not one of those is going to go over. Not yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that ties uh, the most runs that Lucas has given up this year? He also gave it. up to he also gave up four to Cal State earlier. And like no season. knock on no knock on Klecker, but this is what happens when you don't have a horse to match a guy like Lucas Gordon. You're gonna be at a disadvantage. Like, sure, okay, Klecker, he's great, but he's not ready to be the Friday guy to go up against a guy like Lucas Gordon. Do you know on the stat page for TCU baseball, they show uh, they've got pitchers in like white and then they're in a darker like shade of background. So what that means is um, the darker background denotes like they don't meet the minimum requirement of one inning pitch per game. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cole Klecker is the only pitcher in white. That's not good. So like that's not good. Just like you said, we don't have a horse. It's like we're we're counting on him, you know. Yeah, he, he's it, and we'll talk about Lewis in a minute. Holy uh, shit! I'm looking but, at it now. That's amazing. So I I found that really interesting. That not even all the dude. Nobody's that... even close. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like not, not, Vander has of... 16 innings behind him, and then right. the gap between like him and Cam, and then I guess you throw in Stoutenborough, but I mean it really starts to drop off. Yep. Anything else from uh, the first game, game one? No, I think we covered it. All right. So Sunday, like I said, uh, Texas won three to two. Uh, unfortunately, the play ended or the game ended on a on a pop up caught by Porter Brown, who ended up throwing out the runner at home. To be honest, Eli could have been on third base and still would have gotten thrown out. It was such a it was such a shallow pop fly. Um, Luis Rodriguez looked awesome. Uh, lasted a season long mm-hmm. six innings. He gave up just two runs on four hits. Um, I think I think we said this during the game that he's definitely earned his his right to stay in that starting spot. Um, TCU pitching gave up five hits the entire game. Yep. If you say that, you should win every time, but they only had seven themselves and just couldn't put a runner across. I know we're going to talk about runners left on base because that's a huge, you know, people are throwing that out as a concern. There were only six runners left on base for TCU. So what that tells me is that we did not have enough runners left on base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We weren't getting like, enough guys on. I've been making this joke all year, but I'm actually kind of serious. You want to solve your left on base problem, just don't get guys on base anymore. How many from today, Ray? Just to, how many? <laughs> 11 from today, not today. 11 runners left on yeah. base, 11. win by <laughs> eight. <laughs> uh, only yeah. six on, on Saturday or Sunday. So yeah, it, it was a... It was a frustrating game for sure. That was an old school baseball game too. Mm-hmm. What guy's and, not hitting? No, just a <laughs> three-two grind out a victory. You know, well, you know, grind them out, grind out game. Yeah, I know. Like we're probably spending the majority of the time talking about the last out of the game, but dude, to me, this game wasn't won or lost on that. LeBaron Johnson took the ball and just took that game for Texas. He, did. he was amazing. Yeah. Like we can gripe at the hitters all day, but at some point a pitcher is going to be good enough. He's just not going to allow you an opportunity to produce offense. And that's what we saw at a LeBaron Johnson, six and a third, three hits, no runs, no walks, six strikeouts. 
I mean, I'm sure he was probably pissed that he didn't finish the game. Yeah, for sure. Man, he's got an interesting fastball, too, to go with his delivery. Yeah, it's got a lot of movement on it. And, you know, when you're locating the ball like you did, what are you going to do? And, like, okay, and I say that, and I know, like, people listening and us included, we're frustrated by the season, and you don't want to hear that, oh, well, that's a that's a loss in a in a huge game. And what are you going to do? You know, the pitcher was just great. But if you just look at the if you take all the outside frustration away and just look at this game, like say this was the first game of the year and you had no prior kind of frustration or uh, opinions about the offense or whatever, then it's to say that in this one game, LeBaron Johnson just freaking won it for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But nobody wants to hear those excuses right now because we need wins. Yeah. So on, on TCU's pitching side, uh, like I said, Lewis uh, was in there for six innings. Then then they brought in Luke Savage, uh, gave up one run, and then Garrett Wright to finish it off. But thoughts on kind of that rotation of bringing Luke in before Garrett? I thought they left in Luke, Luke in too long. I, I think most of us agree. Does anybody disagree? I probably would have taken him out after he walked the leadoff guy. So yeah. after he walks the leadoff guy, the next guy was already showing bunt like before he even threw a pitch. So I figured maybe they were leaving in um, Savage in there because he's like a better athlete, probably a better fielder than Garrett yeah. Wright. So once, but once they executed the sacrifice bunt, I think that probably because you need a strikeout or a strikeout would be very helpful in a situation like that where. You got a runner in scoring position and one out. I think that would have been the very ideal time to bring in, you know, your guy that throws hard and get right. Yeah, I I agree. You disagree? No, I said I don't disagree. Oh. (laughs) Well, somebody's gotta somebody's gotta take the other side and argue. I um real quick. So he was in the other side. He was in there for two innings. Yeah. Are you was this? Are we talking about the eighth inning or the? Yeah, seventh? it was just it was yeah. just situational, like Martin yeah. said. Like mm-hmm. when you know, right before Texas got the hit to take the lead, we were saying, "Why isn't Garrett Wright coming in right now?" Right. This is Garrett Wright's ball right here. I feel like it's <clears throat> been you know, we 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 are we're not in the dugout and we're certainly not in the bullpen to understand how much time these guys need to warm up. But I, we've had this conversation. Oh, I'm so tired of hearing that. Oh, well, we just weren't ready. I'm, I'm not saying that that was the excuse. I'm, But I'm saying that could have been, right? And I'm tired of that being sure. the excuse. Yeah. like that's, that's a really weak excuse. Like today, uh, Sam, I think, threw the first like seven times in a row. And while the guy was warming, I mean, you can do yeah. stuff like that to warm right. guys up. Right. And you could say like, okay, we're not in the dugout. We don't know everything going into the decision, which is true. But how many times has leaving a guy in when we collectively thought this is too long? How how often has that worked out? Like, oh, well, guess we were wrong. Guess guess uh, they were right leaving him in because it worked out. It seems like every time we say in our group chat or we're at the game, like, why is he still in there? disaster happens right after that. I mean, it's an impossible question to answer because we're only going to remember the ones I mean, that didn't work out, but of course uh, to that, you know, Luke is one of your better arms in the, uh, in the bullpen. Would you agree? Well, he hasn't pitched all year pretty much. Yes. Well, that one say you, you trust Luke though, right? Yeah, I do trust Luke. Okay. Yeah, this and isn't then on it's, Luke. A two, it's a two, two game. I'm thinking that they're thinking, okay, 
we get Luke through this inning, you know, he he can minimize, not give up that single that he ended up giving up. If you can get him out of that inning, then you have Garrett Wright for the ninth and then four extra innings. Well, okay, Ray, but you're talking about just the aspect of you want to throw your best pitchers in the most high leverage situations. I would say Texas having the go-ahead run and scoring position with less than two outs is a time you want your best pitcher out there. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't disagree. I was like, just trying you can't to give say it like, an alternative viewpoint. You wanted, an, you wanted an alternative Yeah, you wanted an alternative yeah, viewpoint. I, I, I was giving well, it to and you. And now I'm arguing against your alternative point. <laughs> so. But I think it just – I feel like it was another situation where he's trying to save his arms for, you know, down the road where it ended up – you know, Garrett Wright only threw one inning against Texas, probably the biggest – well, all weekend, I don't know. yeah, all weekend. Yeah. So one inning, wow. your best reliever, and like, so he, he was trying to save him, but in trying to save him, he ends up not, not needing him, him. <laughs> taking him away. Not yeah, you end up you end up kind of taking him off the board. Yeah, right? I mean, he definitely so unfortunate, him. man. He definitely needed. Yeah. Him. He just ended up not using him. Yeah, but like it sucks too I, with this game being like on the margins, dude. It's like yeah. then we're able to have a conversation now while we're sitting here bitching about well, when to pull X and bring in Y because it was just right there on the margins for the taking. But well, yeah, and- dude, it sucks whenever you have Garrett and he's arguably you know our our best yeah. our best arm in the pen. And, and in a game like this, in a game like this where like the play on the field with the players is a total deadlock then you need your coach to make the right decision at the right time to kind of give you that edge yeah. to win the game. And we didn't get that. We didn't get that. Um, I, from my opinion, from bullpen management. And then we can talk about the decision to send uh, Carson there in the ninth that ended the game. Cause to me, mm-hmm. like if we want to go there now, like I watched that play and I, I thought that the decision to send him was a desperate move by a desperate team that if things had been going well this season, they don't send him. They they live to fight another, you know, at that. But it was just like a desperation, like maybe a miracle will happen because quite frankly, I don't trust that if I hold this guy at third, that things are going to work out for us because they sure as hell haven't been working out for us all year. They oh, were obviously – giving the ball to Texas to make, let him make a play, right? They didn't, they didn't trust him. And a quite a, a very simple play. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a long, yeah. I mean, like, okay. Went, yeah. Yeah. It was got, funny, dude. Go ahead. Like even like today, today in the stands, like several times when we had a guy on third folks in my section and we're just chirping. It's like, don't send him. Don't send him. That oh, was funny. It's like, yeah, that's going to happen, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's gonna happen after Sunday. Yeah. Porter was Let's like see, halfway. So. He was like halfway to shortstop by the time he caught that. Dude, ball. please don't yeah, tell man. me. Yeah, please, don't, please don't tell me that I'm reading this right. And we ended that game at the plate with freaking Anthony Silva coming up. No, it would have been Curtis Byrne. No, no, Curtis, Curtis had just bad. hit. Well, he was a pin, he was pinch ran for. Curtis Logan Maxwell oh, no, hit the Lo- pop up. Yeah, so Logan- Maxwell hit the pop up. Okay, so, so Silva is standing on. there. Yeah, plate ready to hit. Yeah, watching his friend get tagged out at home. Like I don't think did we even did any of us notice that that was the scenario? No, I think so. Which that makes it worse. Yeah, Yeah. it's tough because so much worse. So much worse. Yes. Yeah. 
That's brutal. It was. I feel like it was like, all right, any fly ball, you're going. But I think well, he had time to say, never mind, never mind, never mind. Well, and I think also, too, they have a scouting report on Porter Brown. Like, this is an arm we challenge. Yeah, man, but he's throwing that from – Dude, that's a, that's a layup. You know? It yeah, is. Still, it was still a shitty throw. Yeah. It was a bad scouting throw. report. Yeah, that's the thing. It was still wasn't even a good throw. It was a bad throw, but it was so short. The catcher had yeah. five Didn't seconds matter. to grab it yeah. and run over to the plate and, <laughs> yeah. and take a nap. Yeah, Porter just said, I'm going to throw yeah. this thing as hard as I can, and it's probably going to be a bad throw because that's what I do, but at least I'll get it there quick enough for the catcher <laughs> to make an adjustment. <laughs> it was a really weird inning. Do y'all think, uh, I know we were talking and Mike, you know, listening to the broadcast, Mike Rooney also said, you know, should have suicide squeezed. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's because we're all saying that in the group chat. Lay a bunt down here. Which I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe you still get the same result because Texas had pulled the infield in. They're obviously thinking uh squeeze there too yeah but they're also not gonna risk like losing the game to try to beat carson bowen at home like if the bunt is anywhere like unless it's just a total disaster of a bunt they're gonna go to first with the play so now you have yeah because kind of because the game's tied it's it's not the winning run it's not the winning run they're gonna if the bunt is decent they they were up a run Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's that's my point. So yeah. they're not going to risk giving TCU first and second with one out with Silva coming up to try to get the tying run at home. Like if the if the bunt would have to be terrible for them to go home with it. Like right back to the pitchers. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or like right in front of the plate and the catcher picks it up yeah. or something. Otherwise, yeah, they're, they're taking here the second stuck out. on the fact that right. So I'm, I'm still listening here, kind of hung up on the fact that Silva was up to standing right. I didn't realize that. So you said oh that. My God. <laughs> He's currently hitting 4-11 in conference, uh, leading the team uh, by a lot. I was like, please tell me I'm on the wrong day. <laughs> yeah, right. No, and like literally it, it, anybody else was coming up at the but time. But you're right, Jacob, <laughs> to, to talk about the line of construction for a second. Silva was batting ninth, right, on Sunday. Today gets bumped up to um, to fourth, and uh, it continues to rake. Doesn't matter where he is. Yeah, hitting ninth is. I mean, I don't care about. Oh, you want to spread your hitters around to get production all the way up and down the lineup. So, Sil- so you're telling me you want Silva to get the least amount of at bats in a game where you know it's tied in the eighth inning. I argued break. this early about a month ago and y'all all dogpiled me saying because no. you said Silva leading off. You said leading off, right? So? <laughs> he's not a yeah. leadoff hitter. He's Don't one. you want the he's, most He's a masher. He's a masher. Not leading off. Silva's a masher. He probably and, looks at the least amount of pitches at the plate. And at the we, time Luke Boyers was producing out of the leadoff spot. And we we got our leadoff hitter back and he's he's rocking it. You know, Eli's killing it lately. So, yeah. he had a he had a great weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But to to what Jacob was saying earlier about you know, the number 9 hitter, they get they get fewer at bats just throughout the season. That's just how it works. And um uh about spreading it out for a team like TCU who's who's been very bad at like sequencing where like like a team who leaves leaves a bunch of guys on base, right? Yeah. 
So a lot of that, you know, we strike out. We we will have guys on third, second and third, and we'll end the inning, you know, because a lot of guys left on base. So if you're really bad at sequencing and you're supposed to be spreading it out through the lineup, wouldn't it be more efficient if you just had your best hitters hitting right behind each other? So at least you do score some runs. Boom or bust instead of just evenly yeah. spreading it out where yeah. nothing really gets produced. Right. Because yeah. so the the reason why they wanted to spread out is because they don't want, you know, dead innings or whatever, like easy one, two, three innings. Who cares about easy one, two, three innings if you score three runs in the first inning? Right. I agree. Well, it's I'm, funny yeah. you say that, Martin, because sure. they, they they actually changed the lineup today, you know, game three. To where, more to, where it makes more sense. Where it makes more sense. The bottom three: Austin Davis, Logan Maxwell, Curtis Byrne. They go eight for fourteen with ten RBIs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bottom order was great today. So, like, I yes. don't, I don't want to just Logan be, today. I don't want to be total downer, but isn't it somewhat annoying that like this game was decided very early on, like mm-hmm. it was thirteen to two after the fourth inning. Was and it, it still drug on all the way to the ninth, oh. and it was three and a half hours. Like <laughs> that was, it was like, we, are we gonna get that run rule? Or it was yeah. extremely, it was extremely fun until the seventh. It was extremely fun until the seventh, and you're just like, oh, oh man, that game, that game should have ended like an hour before it actually did. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, even like that's the way this season is, and even when we get an easy win, it has to be like miserable. Yeah. So. uh <laughs> Twitter question from Jack P at Jackie Moon underscore oh six. He says, Does the frogs putting up 15 and looking capable in, in a single game make you slightly more frustrated about the last 10 games? Um, like where was this? Does it feel like this is a potential get right game? Well, that's why we come on every week and we're pissed off because we 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 haven't just changed our opinion, said this just isn't a good team. This was, my, this was this way one too favorite, often. One of my favorite questions from Colby Googlemeyer at Colby Googies. Googies, Googich, I don't know what, you'll have, to, you'll have to let me know <laughs> how to Gooch. say that, Colby. Uh, this season is mentally taking me back to the to the last two to three years of Gary Patterson era. So yeah. frustrating to watch, oh. but I keep tuning in every weekend hoping something will change. Welcome to fandom, Colby. <laughs> no, he's totally right because, you know, right. like in football, we were complaining about this Max Duggan era of players. It's like we know that they're good. Yeah, Man, we I were complaining about up, Gary like, Patterson. Ago, the you guys dogpiled me for that. Mm. That's true. <laughs> Ray, Ray just brought up a good point. I want you to make that point, Ray. You just said we were com- we were complaining about Gary Patterson. Yeah, in this situation, I think we're. Uh, it's, a, it's a it's a lot That's, of frustrations, right? It's we a didn't lot of complain stuff. about Gary Patterson in 2018, one year after he won the conference. It was like three years after he won the conference, and they were mediocre. Um, this is like the fifth time we've scored 15 or more runs in a game this season. But hang a banner. It doesn't. I mean, I'm just saying scoring 15 runs today doesn't really change my opinion about the season. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No. Today oh, was no. tied for most runs scored against Texas. Yeah. You know, so that a TCU team has scored against Texas. To your point, Martin, he says, does it feel like a potential get right game? We've had like 10 potential yeah. get right games and they failed in yeah. most of them. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that at least from when they had their players only meeting until today, there was not a game in between that where I was like, man, what are we doing? Hmm. I feel like we probably did play as as up to our capabilities these last four games. 
Right. Yeah. A lot, of it, probably was, a lot your... of it was bad luck. Yeah. So this is probably, if there is a get right game, this was your last chance to have a get right game. And from, from, from here on out, there's no more getting right. You're going to have to just be right. Yeah. Cal, Cal State Fullerton, 26 and 13, 41th in our 41, 41st in RPI. So yeah, three games at home against the top 50 RPI team. This could really help you out if you perform well. You know, into mm-hmm. performing and all that, uh, TCU, we've talked about striking out in big moments. And then, you know, just the strikeout totals. Like, how many times have we struck out 15-plus times in a game? Well, this weekend, as a whole, the team struck out 16 times in three games against Texas. That's not bad. Good stat. That's not bad when you already know you have some guys in the lineup that strike out a lot. Including today, they only struck out four times and they walked six. Yeah, Texas had nothing on the mound, though. Like, I was the only one watching it on TV, but, boy, they were just hanging breaking balls. I mean, middle, middle fastballs. They, like, Zach Zach was telling us he was really worried about the depth in their bullpen, and that showed up today. Well, it's because they different. used the depth yeah. in the, the previous two games to get the wins. So, they really yeah, did throw a lot six, of guys, Six though. of those... Yeah, six of those strikeouts came solely from LeBaron Johnson. Yeah. <clears throat> this is one big chunk of strikeouts right there. Yeah, they Texas really relies on LeBaron and uh, what's his name? Lucas, Lucas Gordon, Gordon to go like eight innings. So they don't have to throw the guys that we saw today. Wasn't LeBaron like a reliever? Yeah, yeah. But so they, they yeah. kind of use like an opener. Too. They kind of oh, use like an opener. Pitched, strategy. Like, he pitched like six and a third, I think. He is also the one that shut down LSU. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, a couple, you know, a month oh, ago yeah. or so ago. Okay. Um, wow. Next uh, Twitter question from Daniel Brown at the Daniel Brown. That's a pretty good handle, Daniel. Um, he asks thoughts on moving Lewis to Friday night, letting Klecker find his groove again on Saturdays. Nope. When did he lose his groove? No. He pitched on Saturday this week. <laughs> I think they're just saying because you know his last two outings. Yeah, while he's given worse. up, mm-hmm. he's given up runs, but he's also gotten squeezed beforehand. That's you know kind of allowed those I mean, runs to be given up. Are we just looking at it because we lost those games that Klecker pitched in? I mean, Klecker's been just fine. Yeah, yeah. Sad. I would not. I mean, do you want to? Do you want to move? Um, you want to move Rodriguez to the Friday night game and then have him go up against an ace on the other side and mm-hmm. have him lose games, you know, six to three or whatever. Also, I think that question, I mean, not, you know, not to bash uh, Daniel or anything, but it, it's a, it's a question of recency bias. You know, we just saw Lewis has had his most successful outing and he's looked good for a while, but he hasn't pitched that long and certainly not enough for them to be confident that he was a starter until he showed it, which was this weekend, you know, so just moving guys around, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's necessarily going to. We just, take. yeah, we've already. Also, we just Lewis had a really that. good start against West Virginia. He's been really good since they inserted him into the rotation. Yeah, but those Saturday games still count the same as the Friday games. They yeah. certainly do. Why not leave Louis in the Saturday or the game two spot and let him get on a roll? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you have two pitchers on a roll. Yeah, I just two think pitchers? like could you imagine if we have two <laughs> pitchers? <laughs> Golly. 
Can you imagine okay. that luxury? <laughs> okay, so what do you guys I think, think we're about asking for too much, um, boys? Let's talk about the rest of the best. Uh, you got Sam Stoutenborough went a couple innings today. Chase Hoover um, had a had a few innings on Saturday. Uh, let's see who came in for. Um, Feaster today. today oh, Cohen Feaster threw ninety nine pitches today. So yeah, who do we think that third spot's going to go to next week? Uh, probably Sam. Sam. Probably Sam. I would imagine Sam. Yeah, yeah it's got to be Sam or like Benabelle, right? You would think so, unless mm-hmm. you want to try Hoover again. We're kind of splitting hair. I like Ben it's... coming out of the bullpen because his windup is wacky, man. It is, you know, when they see a normal guy pitching, then he comes in. They, it, there's a lot of batters that have no idea what to do. He's a situational lefty right now. Yeah. Uh, man, I would think of him as more than a situational lefty. Well, because we have nobody else. Rivers, your situational lefty. Yeah, I mean, he definitely fits that role better. But, but Ben goes like you're multiple not... innings. And how how does that work out for us? It's been fine lately. Usually, usually not well. It's right. Been, That's my point. Kinda... Like he's in a role that he's in a role that he shouldn't be forced to be in right now because he's also a freshman. I know. That's my point. He shouldn't be forced to be in this role. It's we have all these upperclassmen that aren't getting the job done. So he's having to step up and fill the role. Well, it depends. What are they looking to do the rest of the season? Are they trying to win as many games as possible? Or are they trying to develop guys for next year? Win as many is I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to win as many. Yeah. They're trying, they're they're trying to make the postseason, which is extremely in jeopardy right now. They sit at 56. They dropped seven spots in RPI after this weekend. They're down to 56. That's one ahead of K-State. And you're down there with bubble teams, Arizona, Oklahoma, Rutgers. I mean, Tech. I mean, I, yeah, but like I've, been, like I've been like complaining about, for some reason, Tech keeps finding themselves like, oh, yeah, well, Tech, they're in. Yeah, What's who's resume? And I don't know why. What's their record? Are they four games above 500? Yeah, but they also have a shit schedule. Dude, yeah, that's the thing. Like, they have 20 games against RPI teams, 100 or worse. TCU has seven. So our record would look pretty good, too. (laughs) Just schedule more. I I guess that's the plan, because then you can keep a top 25 ranking all year despite never winning against, like, good teams. I think it's just a lot easier to keep a team that – is less than a handful of games away from being 500 out of the tournament. Right. It seemed like Texas Tech. That's mm-hmm. that's BS. You know the you know the tournament doesn't go strictly based off of RPI. No, they, they don't. Kind of do though. It's like their number one. That's why I look at it all the time because it's pretty it's much a what huge they go metric. Off of. It I is mean, a huge metric, but it's not the top 64 RPI teams or whatever. Okay. Not no, that's why I'm saying that at 56, they're like on the bubble and possibly out at the moment, but that's, you know, they're going to have to win probably two out of the next three series and especially against Baylor. Okay. So I keep this what I keep harping. Like I keep bringing up that this season is very similar to the 2019 season. 
you know, that 2019 team just, uh, they had a similar stretch that TCU has had this year. That TCU team finished with an RPI of 66 and then still barely made it into the Fayetteville regional. Which was like a um, like a legacy bid because we'd made Omaha four straight times. Not up. I mean, we didn't make it the year before. Dude, everybody who wasn't wearing purple glasses was saying that's a joke that TCU got in. It definitely took some politicking to... Yeah, and, that and we were like, oh, well, screw y'all. And I, I think it was like it was like Delaware or somebody that was mad because they got screwed when TCU got in. I'm like, well, then be TCU if you want to get in. <laughs> so 2018 is when they missed the regional and got to the Big 12 championship game. Had they beat Baylor, they would have Correct. gotten in. Is that right? That's yes. um So, I mean – if things don't go the frog's way, let's say in the Kansas State series, for example, you're looking at a similar situation where you basically yes. have to win win the Big 12 tournament in order to get a regional. Unless bid. they unless they like sweep Fullerton and Baylor both and beat Texas State, then you're probably okay as a three seed. And as long as you don't get swept in Manhattan, if you just if you uh, just drop two games and then maybe win a game or two and the Big 12 tournament yeah you're you're probably pretty safely in at that point i just think they need to take two or three from cal state i don't think they need to sweep yeah them. i agree i mean I a agree. sweep would be really good no i'm not two or three. i'm not saying yeah series wins should be fine mm-hmm. but i think you have to do because of baylor's rpi being in like the 200s you can't drop one of those games and especially baylor will be a tough series you know that seems laughable I mean, and a, tough, just... a tough to sweep series because they always play one game mm-hmm. in that series that they'll play really feisty, really well. They, I mean, they jumped up, they beat Tech at home, they beat Texas, uh, they beat Tech in Lubbock at uh, one game, they beat uh, Texas one game at home, they almost okay. beat West Virginia on Friday. West Virginia had to come back in the ninth inning to beat yeah. them. But then you know you'll smash. That was in Waco, though. Okay, yeah, I mean, but okay, they beat Tech in Lubbock. I don't think Tech's very good. Well, I mean, they're the same quality as us. Just one month ago, we were talking about hosting after the Oklahoma State series. My how that <laughs> uh, how that's changed. Yeah. Um, Let me see. I'm looking at this game. Oh, fuck me. There were a couple questions about runners left on base. We've already attacked it a little bit, um, but specifically from CPT America at Bill Van Harp 44 says, hi, LDC correlation between free passes and losses. I'll hang up and listen. We also had Sling and Sammy Ball 45 says, how does the number of base runners left on base for TCU to com- compare to other teams, Big 12 or nationally? Hashtag hard... frog ball. L-O-B. So that that's a hard stat to look up because that's yeah, not I, like an officially tracked team stat that you yeah, maybe can we easily can, find. Let's, let's bookmark those questions and spend some time this week and look them up and to maybe the free talk about passes, it. It seems like when TCU pitching is walking guys, they're coming around to score. So if you can limit the damage there, I mean, but that makes sense. It was almost a facetious question because if you're giving up a lot of free stuff, then of yeah. course you're going to have more losses. But I will um, say today... 
that was encouraging, you know, and it kind of plays into that question. And then the question about how do you feel after this game? TCU was able to sequence a lot of, a lot of string, a lot of hits together. Mm-hmm. And they were, right. let's just get the ball in play, you know, and some of those are little, little seeing eye singles that kind of squirt through the infield that has been kind of happening to us yeah. all it season. Was, yeah. And this is why just I don't getting results. This is why I don't complain about runners left on base because I'd be way more concerned if they weren't getting guys on base at all. It reminds me of the stat in football where you're looking at time of possession. Yeah, exactly. Where, you know, it's like if you do good things with the time that you have, you're going to be fine. Runners right. left on base. We had a 11 today, one by eight, had six on Sunday and lost. So it, it's hard to. Pick it's not one. a good stat. It's exactly. a bad stat. It's it's one that you look at and say, man, that sucks. But it's not like, what do you do? Like, okay, guys are on base. Let's try to get a hit better now. <laughs> like, you're trying yeah. to hit no matter what. It's just something that stands out whenever you lose a game by like two. And yeah. say so you yeah. have, like in West Virginia, that Friday night game, you lose by one. And you right, have but it over doesn't 10 like ex- men left on. You're like, look at all this potential we could have done. Right, but it doesn't explain the problem. Have y'all noticed um, the the batters pressing more just at all times, or do you think that's more related to when runners are on base? I mean, I don't know. It didn't. Well, obviously today it didn't feel like they were pressing because no, not today. Today is kind of an outlier. I'm just just (laughs) it's not the norm for the season. As uh, I mean, it could be. It could be a number of different things in different games. You could run into a hot pitcher like we did twice this weekend. You could be hitting the ball hard, but right at people. We've had that happen. I don't know. Yeah. It could be a number of different things. Our bat hit going into today's game had to be pretty bad. I can look it up. All right. Um, Questions? Yeah, Martin, look that up real quick. All right, one sec. Uh, not really many more Twitter questions. David Bowen, friend of the pod, says, uh, let's get into why Martin doesn't talk. I know he talks, and at times, a lot. <laughs> That's false. <laughs> you just got to get a couple of old fashions. In. <laughs> well, hopefully, David, you heard Martin share his his wisdom tonight a little bit more than usual. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. And what else? Martin to share some more wisdom. While Hockey's on. on. We still got a lot of games coming up at home, UTRGV tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Uh, and then they host Cal State Fullerton this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, weather um, yeah. pending. So, I mean, we'll be there. Right, folks? Right. I got it for you, Ray. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hit me with it, Martin, before we get out what of are here. We, what are we reading off here? This is this is before today's game. Their BABIP was 325. Their BABIP last year was 319. Man. When was but I, I think you I know, have an explanation. Do you, does that make it like they strike out a lot? The strikeouts have just been killer this year. They yes. strike out one percent more. But it was bad last year too. It was bad last year. So last year we struck out nineteen point two five percent of the time as a team, and then this year is like twenty point two five. And it seems like strikeouts are happening in huge moments, too. Yep. Yep. 
Usually when there's a runner on third base with less than two outs. Yeah, that's uh, runners that's in scoring great. position. Yeah. Ray, go through and every game and see how many times we struck out with a runner on third base with less than two outs. <laughs> Real quick before the <laughs> Okay. Yeah, just, just so, well, I've, MK, MK, Garrett and I will vamp. Well, so I've got the schedule pulled up. So, you know, Vanderbilt. First inning, uh, Bishop struck out in the inning. The, the, we had if, scored if, if, one. Right. If you I'm get a pod that pops up in your queue tomorrow, that's four and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, shit. Fellas. Nothing devils. Yeah, it's two nothing. They scored right. two quick yeah, in a second. Thanks for joining us on Post Game Beers Pod. Uh, this was fun. As always, we will. I don't know what the plan is for the week, but uh, I'm sure there'll be. We have um, we're we're talking with the Fullerton podcast on Wednesday. Is that the plan? What time is that? Uh, we're working that out, but it's it's in the books. Go tight. See y'all later. Go frogs. Go frogs. Go frogs.